It's the Texas Exodus Football Show with your hosts, Chris O'Connell and Alan Cundy. Welcome to the Football Show, your source of weekly-ish, maybe bi-monthly at this point, uh, hot takes surrounding America's team, the University of Texas American Football Longhorns. I am Alcalde Senior Editor Chris O'Connell. I'm here with contributing editor Alan Cundy. Hello, Alan. Hello, Chris, and hello, Longhorn fans. Uh, thanks for joining us. We got a great show today, the Shane Bouchelle Gush cast, as it will be. Yeah. But um, a lot of action this weekend with the spring football game taking place finally. What Sterling Gilbert called in uh, a uh, glorified practice, but it was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to see them. They hit each other hard. There were real hits in that game. There were some hits yeah. where uh, there was one hit on Shane, actually, and we'll, we'll sort of get to the, the game flow in a second, but... Uh, one one hit on Shane from uh, Kevin Vaccaro. Is it that one? He's kind of delivering a late <laughs> pass. He's standing in there. Yeah. Oh, no, this was a different one. This was a scramble. Okay. We he know got to the Vaccaro sec- is not gonna. He got to the secondary, that. and it was the old Vaccaro. Okay. The old Vaccaro slam, and it was like, oh, don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. kid's this kid's eighteen. We saw a bit of that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, I was I was at the spring game. Alan watched the spring game for as long as he could. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's again, it's a practice. It was long. It was. And it's funny to say because it was canceled at halftime. They, no canceled, half, they yeah. canceled the second half. But um, first half was like two hours long because they were playing it like a real game. They were calling um, – you know, they always have refs out there calling penalties mm-hmm. and stuff. But they were calling it like close. You yeah. know, they were calling little things that maybe they wouldn't in a scrimmage. Okay. Uh, they'd say let it run a little. The clocks weren't running continuously. Uh-huh. Um, they wanted these guys playing like a simulated game. And so uh, – and also with this new up-tempo offense, uh, it's funny, I was talking about this with you guys earlier, uh, you'd think that that might speed the game up, but actually slows the game down. Right, when because, they're running so many plays. Right, or... when there's incompletions or if there's a first down, the clock stops. So mm-hmm. um, if there's more of those things, then the, we're just yeah. sitting around the press box. Well, that's box a good like... sign then. If so the <laughs> offense is, uh, is finding its, its stride, I guess. Right, or Still right. early. I mean, what was a was it a, a false start called on maybe the first or second play second, of the game? So second, we're second play of the settling game. into familiar territory. Already. So starters uh, were swoops at quarterback. As you know, Gerard Hurd is out for the spring with a with a shoulder injury, throwing shoulder. Um, the swoops was like he. So he was kind of the overall number one. He started the game, read, I mean, right, and, from, and it was deliberate because first, yeah. because. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... You wouldn't he, say because Bouchel, he started for the white team, so they, those are both the, your starters. Could you PA, read more into that? The PA announcer said, Swoops is starting mm-hmm. quarterback. The ones are going against the twos on defense. Okay. Right, That's how the game okay. started. And it wasn't a strict ones against the twos for the whole game. So they would switch out. Uh, swoops would throw to the ones, then Swoops would right. throw to the twos, then Shane would throw to the ones, Shane okay. would throw to the twos. So it was kind of wonky in that way, but um, I guess they just wanted everybody yeah. playing with everybody. So uh kind of took a little stride to get, you know, it was the first five series or so before we saw any points put up. So. Right. Uh, notable starters uh, that I that I saw on the offense, um, John Burt, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, still starting out there. Deonta was starting, although... Look great, Chris Warren. Warren, it's, Warren they're like one A and one yeah, B, I think, at this the, point. But Deonta's, for all intents and purposes, the starter. Like he's the you know he's he's, he's a beast. He's Marshawn he's older, Lynch, or you know, yeah. Well, I think they're both. They're like mode. both being called Marshawn Lynch. Oh, because okay. Chris Warren's big now. He's a big, huge guy. So um, Deonta's starting. Oh, Stephen Jackson is the other guy. I like or um, what was the 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 um old guy on the cowboys the uh they called him the warrior or the um i'll think of his name in a minute sorry tony dorsett yeah barber the barbarian that's who it was he knows anyway <laughs> sorry sorry for that that's okay so the running backs look great i think we also want to mention the offensive line seems to be solidified as well with well, shackleford at center you know vahe is a is a is a big guy not uh, completely solidified uh, after the game. Strong mentioned, uh, you know, because it's the spring, you have the early enrollees. There's only four of those, one of them being Zach Shackleford okay. on the offensive line. But they really want to shore up the offensive and yeah, defensive lines. We have lines. some more depth coming in with these freshmen. You know, yeah. same thing with the defensive line. Kind of thin there until some of these guys get on campus. Exactly. But I, think exactly. We're, well, I think we're a little more solidified on the middle of, of the offensive line with center and then the two you know, guard positions. But uh, Fowler, Fowler will be coming in yeah. uh, in the fall and, and, and some of those guys. So um, I guess one, it wasn't totally crazy, but uh, Colin Johnson didn't start with the ones. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that means, I don't think that that actually means anything. But yeah, um, why, why receiver we can get into, because there's a lot of 
feels like there's a lot of raw talent there. Yeah, you know, few of these guys that are that's going to be exciting to kind of see where these guys go because we got some big guys too. DeAndre McNeil back uh-huh. in the game playing you know, for the first time in a while. You know who had the most receptions on the team is Armonte Foreman, and he looked really good. He got yeah, he's separ- our senior. He's our or is he a senior leader? He's kind of like one junior. of our most experienced. He's a junior. Guys. He had a kind of a down year last year, um, but six receptions, eighty-one yards, a touchdown. His hands okay. looked good. He looked quick. I saw him get in. He got in bounds on that fade mm-hmm. route with the footwork. That was, was very nice. He was getting separation uh, after the game. Uh, it was it was interesting because uh, you know him and Deonta. So coming into into Texas, Strong said Armonte was the guy, right. and Deonta was kind of like the not the throw in, but you know he was not as highly recruited. Armonte the was guys the guy were wanting to put him at linebacker right. or you know Armonte yeah. Armonte was the guy recruited everywhere. So. When he was coming into Texas, then Deonta, it switched places. Yeah. And so what he told, he said he had a conversation with Armonte the other day. And he said, look, don't worry about what's going on with Deonta. He's going to be, he's great. You can be great too. So he's kind of trying to shift his focus back to like, you know, don't worry. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of, I've seen a lot of chatter about about Armani, And let's. They're they are not twins, right? They are just brothers. Do we? I think he he said they were twins. Okay, so they are like the same age then. I guess we, so what we're getting twins at? are usually the same okay. age. Okay, I mean <laughs> I only know from right, but uh, a couple but minutes is, yeah, here or so there. This is what you know, and and maybe that kind of speaks to something of when you come in, you have that chip on your shoulder, you know, and then versus being the guy who is like, oh, you're sort of anointed as a starter, and then that's kind of what I was seeing is like, well, if you have Bert and some of these younger guys who are maybe ahead of. Uh, Armani in the rotation like he's kind of for being the older guy needs to show that maturity and kind of this will be maybe this is his year to sure be that ex- experienced guy and this is as we we'll talk about a young team this is our experienced playmaker at wide receiver he's a junior you know he was running some good routes uh the hands were there mm-hmm. um because that's what we also saw too is some of the some of the uh swoops stats not overly impressive you could probably say they're just not good from this game but he had some tipped passes, um, some dropped touchdowns or one or two dropped touchdowns. Yeah, there was a dropped touchdown on the first series. Actually, yeah. uh, he threw he threw a, a perfect bomb. To that John, one would look great. Yeah, that to, one was to, right in the hands to John Burt, and it was he hit him in stride. It was the kind of pass that last year, maybe he overthrows him by a couple mm-hmm. steps or or just kind of misses him. It was a perfect. Yeah. He lasered it in on the sidelines. Uh, right into his hands and he dropped it. It and, was fine. And I want to, we want, I, we should talk about Shane here quickly, but the, that's the thing with swoops is it's just, he, he can make a nice throw like that. And then he's, he'll miss wide. He'll miss short. Like he's, he's just inconsistent, you know, but and he wasn't, he, he wasn't as inconsistent as a four for 16 will, will, will look because one of those interceptions was just a tipped ball, which happens. And then another one. No, I disagree because that one was a tip ball. It was underthrown by about five yards. I think that one was heavily underthrown because then it was the defender tipped it. Like if I'm thinking of kind of the late game tip, it was later. In the that was a not a good throw. And I saw quarter. people excusing him on Twitter like, oh, it was tipped. I was like, that was a bad throw. And and he would. And it's and this is what's so confounding about him or frustrating or whatever you want to say. All of those things. It's like. He'll he'll step up and there's one where he steps up in the pocket and he he's on the run and he delivers like a beautiful pass like he has a an arm that can get the ball down the field and it's just madden maddeningly and not John Madden inconsistent play from him and then I think that's what you know and we could talk about his role I'd like to as kind of being the the Tim Tebow style like bruiser guy it seems like there's a place for that you know as we learned last year but if your offense is rolling you don't need that sort of. Do you need a change of pace when the pace you have works? And you know, and that's no, what seeing Bouchel or Bouchel, he just has the touch right away, and he has the sort of feel for the for the position. And this game was just a quarter over, and then people were just saying, "This is the guy. He's going to be the guy." Like it was that clear. They were that saying quickly. it on the second pass. Yes, because <laughs> you haven't seen a guy, dude. And I was when I watched this game, and. When he he threw that first, the first or second through ball that he threw, he puts it 20, 30 yards down the field. And it was like, I was like, literally said, oh my God, like I haven't seen a ball come out of the hands of a UT quarterback like that in a while. Just beautiful touch, like a perfect throw on, in stride on the run. He, and then the anticipation for some of these throws, when if you could say, and this could be debatable, I don't know who has the bigger arm, the deep arm, but Shane had the the anticipation on those throws it was just was just beautiful to see on a lot of those and that's 
the stuff that you were we were not seeing on swoops and those were <laughs> the, where we're just pulling our hair out last year over and over where he he has the deep arm and he throws it way up in the air and then it's five yards past the guy and then the next time it's five yards too short and then they're slowing down and they're having to come back and then we're like oh wow great great Bert tracking the ball because it's coming back and it's like that was a bad throw that we're over you know and so it's going to be and this is I think people are very excited to see a guy with Shane who who doesn't have those kind of inconsistencies where he's you know the deep ball is one thing but then Swoop steps up and he's throwing it to a guy like he's throwing it to the sideline you know a yard down the field and it hits in in the dirt below his feet or something you know and so we only saw a little bit of that in this game. He was, you know, he only had 16 attempts, as you said. Um, so, and I love the guy. We, you know, we love this guy. It feels like we've had this familiar conversation with Swoops. What is his role really? Because he's a big guy. He's a good football player. And now I feel like I'm almost talking like a Tim Tebow where you're like, he's a player. Just get him on the field. Like, I really am very, it's going to be curious to see what his role is this year, especially if Shane really emerges Swoops is a guy who has experience. What is that worth? What is the size worth? I mean, and this is kind of why we always said, hey, put him at tight end. I mean, and that's just such a dismissive thing. I mean, he's a big guy. He could play. He could excel in a lot of positions. And you're, you know, you have to have that touch to kind of put on the ball. You need to have a a backup quarterback, too. And this is why it's so difficult talking about him. You're right. And as a backup, he would be a great backup with experience, a guy who can, who knows his sort of limitations as well well they didn't run any of the 18 wheeler uh package plays which maybe they would have in the second half they didn't touch them in the first half. yeah nothing that it. was really like it was very vanilla game and, plan uh, but i will say uh i okay maybe he underthrew that one that was tipped but that other interception yeah was a nice pass he uh, had some i mean he had some he, had some, some he, he he was Throwing a pretty nice deep ball. Now he did the one where DeAndre McNeil he catches it with one hand and it turns into an, an interception. He's kind of doing a one-handed. So <laughs> the, the so line. that's yeah. so. I mean, if we're looking pure stats, right? Four of sixteen with two interceptions and zero touchdowns is not good by any measure. But if that looks like a two stat of those, line from last year. <laughs> yes. If two of those turn into a touchdown, and you know the, maybe the tipped one stays an interception then it's two touchdowns one interception and a couple more completions i don't know i mean it's not it wasn't what shane did shane also threw the yeah. ball 41 times threw, yes and we so, and, and again we always want to uh, we want to mention this or we should have said you know we're reading into a, a scrimmage a glorified scrimmage you did mention it right off so we're tempering our expectations i know it may not sound like it sometimes but no but i mean people were going i'm so let me let me go through oh people definitely let me were. Go that's through, why i say we're trying to maybe let me go through what the fans this is what the fan reaction was on twitter so i, I was i was there I this was, actually i love is mike finger by the end of the game was calling him shane quote three heisman yeah show. and i <laughs> talked to so him funny. i said and i said why only three and he's and like mike said well because you gotta, you, if you're the number one pick, you gotta go to the draft. So I said, okay, well, four, but then he can't get four national championships in a row. So, yeah, it was. I'm telling you, second pass of the game, first completion of the game for Shane. People said he's the guy. Put him in. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the first quarter of of this scrimmage, people were saying if if Swoops is starting, I'm gonna be so angry. And okay, he looked he looked very good. There were and the little things that he did. Uh, I wrote a story for the Alcalde this morning. Charlie said Charlie Strong said wanted, he would have no trouble. Starting a freshman against Notre Dame, but sorry, yeah, go. Ahead. You had a write up that's online. Uh, so he does. He did a couple little things that were uh, sort of beyond his years as an eighteen-year-old. Which boys. were absolutely. Which was uh, one. He was throwing the ball away when he was supposed to throw the ball <laughs> away, and not throwing, you know, into What's traffic that? or well, explain that concept. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he was he scrambled out of coverage pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. There were some times in the pocket where he was moving, uh, not even just you know forward and backward, but sort of laterally spinning, but yeah. staying present, not spinning into a sack or something. Um, he knew when to stay in the pocket and, and deliver the throw. He knew when to get out. He he he. There was a nasty pump fake uh, earlier in the game. Yeah, he had the to, sh- the to, shoulder the um to, to to get some separation the there. Pump. Um. So he had the under the underarm flip the pass, shovel the pass. Brett Favre. Oh yeah, people. We're gonna love, we're, we're Favre. Love Cole, who else one. can we? Who else can we throw out here? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so so let's talk about the Colt thing. So so immediately people were saying, "Oh, this is Colt." Uh, and another mm-hmm. thing that sort of made it seem a little bit like Colt. And I know that Colin Johnson is a different wide receiver than Jordan Shipley. Uh, 
a lot. Colin Johnson is six inches a, taller. A bigger than, target, yeah. <laughs> so, but but apparently uh, after the game, Strong said that uh, Shane and Colin are inseparable. I was going to say, are they roommates? Please tell me they're I don't roommates. know if they're roommates, but they, okay. he said that they're together. Every time he sees them, they're together. He can't okay. get them separate. He doesn't want to get them yeah. separate, but he said you can't separate these guys. So they have this like rapport that they're building with each other. So there was that. There was the fact that uh, they're the same. I mean, they look like the same build to me. Uh-huh. They look like the same type of player. They're kind of not this. Yeah, Vuchel, he's, he's, he's only about six. Foot, or do we know his six foot six one? I okay, because he's not, you know, he's not Peyton Manning size, kind of scrap, you know, scrappier. Like, he's not that's where you get the cult kind of. He's not super big, like, he doesn't look really big. Um, it looks like he's but he does look polished, though. I think polished, is what is the thing. he looks polished, and he's he. There were a lot of they were running, there were a lot of um. They, were, they kept doing these quick slants to Dorian Leonard. They were running oh. this play. It looked like there was something that they were working on um, w- from Shane. And it was like a lot of timing, a lot of pump fakes, and just not this like raw athleticism that you're going to see him break off like a huge run. Yeah. And he was doing a couple of zone reads. And he yeah. seemed like he had a little quickness, yeah. but... You know, not what you oh, want totally. to depend on him for, but, you know, like a change There were a couple, and it looked like there was even one or two designed runs. Um or even like a zone read where mm-hmm. he can take it himself. And then a couple scrambles, the the one where Vaccaro popped him sort of at the end. Like, I mean, he was going to break free on that one. Except right. Kevin Vaccaro wasn't going to let him. But right. um, <laughs> so tell me, because I wasn't, you know, I watched, well, I, the, think, I watched yeah. the Alabama National Championship game. I watched some Colt games while at Texas. Um, but I wasn't here right. then. So tell me why, what, what reminded yeah. you of Colt, and, what you and, saw from Shane. And what it, what it is, is it, it makes me feel of like a, not Colt right away. And this is kind of the big difference that jumps out right away is, is, is Colt was very much unheralded. Like he was the definition of an unheralded player coming into Texas. And so I feel like Shane is very, very much not that. Like people, you could say he has a bit of a pedigree, a uh, major league baseball pedigree, <laughs> but yeah. he came in and he's already kind of catching eyeballs like within his first practice. And it took, it didn't, it took longer for Colt to come in and Colt came in at a time when Vince Young was the senior and, or the junior. And he was, uh, one of the most amazing players you've ever seen. And so actually I have a funny anecdote is we were at the UIL, uh, men's basketball high school tournament here at the Irwin center. We used to kind of go to that every, every year, and uh, we saw Colt McCoy was playing in the basketball tournament and, and uh, we kind of knew who he was. I think the people in the crowd knew who he was and he actually kind of lit it up. He scored like 30 something points that game. Is he a point guard? He was, um, he yeah, it was like guard. everybody on the team looked like him. They were all like short white guys and, and they were all shooting threes and but uh-huh. he kind of had, but it was just funny because it was. A bunch of Della Vadovas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were scrapping all game, but it was, it was just so funny because you're watching Vince Young go out there and be the most dominant, one of the most transcendent football players we've ever seen, you know, redefining that position. And then we're watching this little guy, you know, shooting three pointers. And we're like, this is going to be the the guy, the next dude. And, right. and, we're, and this is like, okay, okay. You know? Yeah. It was like, and so we've had, you we had, had just watched Vince. We had Matt Norgren and we had all of these guys. And so there was nothing. And it, it took Colt kind of, you know, he was coming in and kind of being an unheralded guy like that, where you have that, that, chip on your shoulder to use a sort of turn like he he really developed and he he became a guy like the the colt i have i feel a little ba- bad comparing anybody to colt like that because colt he's a lot like major applewhite where it's a guy who just built from almost kind of nowhere just a crazy worker and a and a real guy who loves the game and just wants to do really well and and uh that you know the ascension of colt is just like that's a really it's a really unique thing and it's a really I, I'm hesitant to compare it to a guy sure. who Shane Bouchel. Everyone knows his father's name, and they're chanting his last name after his first throw. Were, were you hearing some boos in the crowd? Some boo. No. After he was doing. Well, it? I'm not a man of the people. I was. And up it was in the a press sm- box, It was so. a little bit of. I don't think we had the hundred thousand that Ohio State got for our spring game. But no, I think maybe closer to one thousand. It was also pouring, but still. Was, yeah. And I saw photos of the crowd, and I was like, "Hey, I was like, that actually looks pretty good for a spring game, in the rain." Off coming off a five and seven yes. season, yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure. you know what I mean. So, uh, one thing that I thought was interesting is um, after the game, you know, because you're a freshman, you're coming to this quarterback competition. You know, no clear sort of number one. 
But how do you keep your head on straight still? You're still, I mean, yeah. right now he should still be in high school, right? He's yeah. 18 years old. And all so, you really did was play well in a scrimmage. Right. You know? No, but, 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 you know, how does he, what's his demeanor like? Like, yeah. how, what kind of person is he uh, under pressure? We've heard of him talk about uh, Bouchelle Lux. Everyone's really interested in him, but, um, he he offered some insight, which was he comes from this competitive pedigree, right? Beyond even his father, uh, Steve Bouchelle, mm-hmm. who was a pitcher uh, in the majors. He's the youngest of five kids, and his family, his his brothers and sisters are all athletes too. So he was always like the, <laughs> the ball boy, yes. and he was always trying to just get in the game, right? Okay. There's something to be said for that. I know it's like this weird thing, but when you're like the little runt, mm-hmm. not like he's a runt, but you know the the smallest in the litter, yeah. And you're just trying to someone get someone to pay attention to you. You yeah. try that that yeah. much harder and work that much harder. And it seems like, I mean, he's working hard yeah. because he <laughs> he he his timing looked right. Um, he looked like a quarterback. He looked who like a quarterback. knew the position, who has played the position, who just was instinctual with everything that he did. And and I think when you say that for Texas fans, you're thinking right away of Colt McCoy, and you're thinking right away of Major Applewhite. No, like, no, no. But the offense, I think, will be geared a little differently. Than it was under Colt. Now, I I just um, I conducted a bunch of interviews when I was writing this Jamal Charles feature. Well, we're back to a power running game That's, now. Yeah, yeah. Well, this so I wrote this Jamal Charles feature, being the next issue of the El Calde. And so uh, one thing that that sort of came up, and I talked to Quan Cosby, was he said, you know, the unfortunate thing for Jamal under Colt was, well, first of all, Colt's a great quarterback and Jamal thrived in that system, but he might've done even better if it was Vince because just having that dynamic runner as a quarterback helps the running back. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Colt had a more pro style West coast slung it around a lot more. Um, and so that wasn't as conducive if you're, you know, running back who wants to get 20, 22 carries a game. Now this looks like from all from all accounts from Sterling from Strong that they're going to run the ball as much as they can actually Strong said after the game yeah. when you have two guys like this you're just going to run them until you can't ride <laughs> he said you're going to ride these big guys until you can't ride them anymore yeah. so um and then he also said look we don't even you know they didn't have Kirk Johnson he was out didn't have uh, uh, this kid from uh, from Katie Kyle Porter right so yeah guy. you have those guys and that's not even everybody that's not yeah, even everybody so they're going to run the ball a ton this year so um you know, it's going to be a completely different offense than what Colt ran, and not not to mention Hot Rod Bernard as well. Hot Rod got Bernard, some time in there, he got many many reps in the game, and he looked good on some of those plays too. And he, if he's like, the, I mean, he might be the fourth running back on yeah. the team. Or the well, as soon fifth. as I heard, as soon as they said Hot Rod Bernard, I was like, this is instant fan favorite. He's great, obviously. Yeah, Hot Rod, you're gonna vroom vroom. <laughs> uh, some other things going on at DKR this year. There is a dab cam. Uh, oh wow, how long is that going to last? A couple months too late, I think, but. Uh, you know, there's a dab cam going on. Uh, and there's a controversy, uh, actually, which I read on Twitter. Really? And I cannot I cannot verify any of this information. So take it with a grain of salt. You're talking about Austin Pizza? Yeah. Oh, Austin, uh, here we go. Yeah. Austin Pizza is allegedly out of uh, DKR this year. It'll be replaced mm-hmm. by Double Dave's, um, which... An Aggie corporation. Apparently supposedly. it's an Aggie yes. corporation. So that's the, that's the hullabaloo. We won't say any more about that. Um, but the band was moved. The band was the in band spot. was the band yeah. was moved. So everyone's excited about that. Um, that'll ease some tension there. That'll ease some tension. Uh, I I I guess that's all that's going on fan wise. It was mm-hmm. it was a scrimmage in the rain in April. But yeah, um, it, was, it was a bummer to not to not get that second half because you know these are the these are the kinds of scenarios where we're looking to see the backup kind of guys. And so this was all, one of the one of the other talking points. Kai Loxley as the backup quarterbacks always are. And I was joking with Chris earlier where Shane Bouchelle comes and has this great game. He's a supposed starter, presumed guy now. And then everyone's saying, well, what about Kyle Oxley? Yeah. Where did he, you know, because he was supposed to, I mean, he's just a big unknown. And people are like, he is, speaking of size, a big guy, um, like kind of swoops-esque in his size. But we don't know kind of what he has uh, we haven't seen anything. Yeah, no from one. Him we've yet. never seen him play. Uh, you know, apart from high school, which if you've pulled up the footage, I haven't. Sadly to admit, but then he uh, also part of the story was Kai tweeted, and what's his handle? His handle is like locks and loaded uh-huh. or something like that. Locks yeah. and loaded because of the because uh, of the locks. Obviously, the hair. 
Um, but he tweeted, what was it, you know, wish my mom shouldn't have wasted that money on a plane ticket or something like that, alluding to the fact that yeah, he didn't get in feel, the game. You feel bad because uh, about halfway through the second quarter when they had rotated back and forth, and now you're seeing the seventh drive from Bouchel, you go, wait, mm-hmm. where, are they going to put Loxley in? Um, and none of us were thinking, oh, they're going to cancel this game, but it started pouring yeah. right before halftime ended. And it was already kind of raining It throughout. was raining, but it started pouring, and people just bolted. They were like, well, screw this. I'm, I've seen the sh- I've seen <laughs> like, Shane. I've seen... Yeah it's, yeah, it's raining, okay? It's April still. Um, stick around and see Matthew Merrick, who was so, hurt, who didn't play. Did not play. <laughs> um, so people bolted, and then the PA announcer came on and said okay they're canceling the second half don't want anybody to get hurt so um when i went over for the post-game interviews uh it looked like something that stopped raining and some of the players were like let's go back out there and Mm -hmm. they were kind of trying to get out there and uh pat moore and some of the coaches were like no turn back around get to the bubble or get to the locker room let's go we're done uh go run laps yeah so so it's unfortunate for someone like kai who we we someone asked about that in the post game well, presser and it was yeah. weird. Strong's response was was uh, not weird, but he said, "Oh, well, you would have seen some of the same guys out there anyway." Yeah, or most of the same guys out there anyway, because there was a bunch of guys who were hurt and you know want to just get guys some reps. Mm-hmm. But then when it was a- when he was asked about Kai specifically, he said, "You probably would have seen Kai out there." So yeah. he's the one guy who you probably would have got a couple series well, out there, and, and you would have liked to see that. And we know Hurt is hurt. And Merrick was out as well. So Kai's like kind of the only other quarterback, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. that's five. That's um, five. Is there another? Is Trey, there, Trey Holtz. One? He's still name, here? His name's Trey Holtz. Oh, uh, wow. And he is I, still, Trey, I apologize, sir. He is still here, baby. Yeah. Um, I was looking at stats from last year, and it said that... Uh, it says is he that, like a fourth or fifth year senior? It said that... I don't know. It said that Trey Holtz played in 10 games last year. And I was like, no, he didn't. And then I was like, oh, he's the holder. <laughs> so that's why. It, I mean, and this is the thing about a game like this where... This is a chance. This is Kai's chance to come out and maybe impress a bunch of people who have never seen him play. If he comes out in the second half and he breaks off a a 50-yard run and he's juking left and right or he makes a nice throw, like this was his chance to to maybe jump up in the this depth is his, chart. This you is know? his chance know. mock moment, if you remember, right. from and that that scrimmage a couple, uh-huh. I don't know, was it 10 years ago? Not not recent. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's, that, I mean, I wrote about it once. Yeah. I, some, I, I had interviewed one of my friends. I was like, tell me about a moment that made you like wonder about a player or something. And yeah. it was like this chance mock, it was like the chance mock game. It was the like orange and white scrimmage in maybe 2006 or something or okay. 2007 and he just like went bonkers and ripped off all these runs yeah. and, and then after the game he was freaking out he was like oh my god chance mock so good and then he was like wait but they weren't allowed to hit him right. <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> so as long as every game you know um they were actually hitting in this game though there was there was some quincy vassar had a big hit on, yeah he uh, had the swoops. ragdoll he, swoops he, moment yeah. yeah uh uh kevin Vic- i want to say kenny but kevin vaccaro who reminds me of kenny vaccaro mm-hmm. Uh, had a big sort of pop on Shane. They were go- they were contested. I mean, it's like when I we talk about drops and stuff, but these were con- there were contested, you know, jump balls and stuff, and uh, the running backs were getting hit. Uh, the running backs were hitting harder though. <laughs> right, you I don't want to be in the way of those. Chris guys, Warren yes. had a fifty-one yard touchdown, which just mm-hmm. it looked. He just guys were falling. Guys were falling. He's off looking. Of him. He looked a little nimble for a big guy. He's and nimble, but he's big. And Deonta looks just. He he has like a. Um, I always always hesitant to compare people to like guys who are like all pro NFL right, players, yeah. but presumed Hall of Fame. A little. He he had a little bit of like a an Arian Foster like patient and then like sneaky mm-hmm. quick through a hole like that okay. kind of speed. So, but then again, okay, here's the thing. I, you start, tw- I started, you and know, this is a team who was very bad I'm, at tackling last year as well. Uh, right. So, so I'm tweeting, so I'm tweeting, this is why the scrimmage is so hard to have a conversation with the fans about. Like that's one what of I'm the doing. worst tackling That's teams. what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing when I'm live tweeting, right? It's kind of ha- informing the fans. And then we have sort of a conversation. The conversation Entertain was. Entertain and inform. So the yeah. first five drives, offense doesn't scores. People on Twitter are going. Here we go. Here yeah. we go again. Yeah. Team can't score, right? Back at it again. Okay, here's the secret. The defense is also Texas. Yeah. And then yeah. and then and then you go and then you go. <laughs> then I go, okay, so at one point, Deonta and Chris Warren were averaging 10 yards a carry, right? Deonta mm-hmm. and Chris each had like some big it was like on 14 attempts total, but like yeah. they were averaging 10 a carry, and people were like, there we go. There's Texas tackling all over again. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> sure. they can't. I, they can't both be great right, right. because you'll the score will be zero zero. Yeah, it makes me think of one kind of a later play where uh, 
Bouchelle, he stays in the pocket and he delivers a late throw. He kind of feels the pressure and he gets hit and he puts it kind of right over the shoulder. But uh, I think it was Boyd who gets his hand out and it was like, oh, it's a great throw. It's a great everything. And it's like, well, it was a great defensive play too. And it was like, well, we need all of these things. Right. You know? Right. So it's, it's almost, you can never almost, you can almost never really be that happy. Right. It's like, you're happy yeah. with what you see from Bouchelle, but then you go, well, wait, why is this freshman lighting up all the cornerbacks? Right. Do we want <laughs> like, our defense to really come in and actually be dominating right. the line of scrimmage and the, and everything? I don't, you know. Right. So that's that's where you go. That's when Strong says, you know, we got to really shore up these this defensive line, especially. In- yeah, and he mentioned that, and so I wanted to talk on that a little bit, is because we saw Quincy Vassar kind of making some good plays. Yeah. You know, he's he. It was good to kind of see him step up, and he could be a guy to kind of fill that role because we have Puna Ford, and then we have who is the other defensive tackle. Um, Slipping my name at the at my mind at the moment, but we're thin oh, on the line. Omenu, Charles Omenu, Omenu yeah, had two sacks. Okay. He had two sacks, which which you know, again, it's like, are you happy that he had two sacks? Are you sad that the <laughs> offensive line is <laughs> letting him that ball is letting him get? To, yeah. yeah, or or well, one thing uh, before we get there is uh, Shane's release is quick too. He was like flipping him, mm-hmm. and actually, Swoops had a couple like where he just flipped him. Uh, yeah, there was there was there was some where the arm angle was changing for Bouchelle too. He was throwing these oh, okay. like sidearm sort of Vince, like uh-huh. little whips. Someone said Matthew Stafford. And I was like, I wouldn't go with Matthew Stafford. <laughs> I'd go with Vince, but um, right. he's got a quick release. So, yeah. you know, and again, I mean, we can't just like a guy who just knows, and he's doing the, he has the fake, the that shoulder fake. It's just everything he does feels just instinctual. And just a guy who knows the position and just has that poise in the pocket and just kind of knows how to play the position. And, and we, I, I want to let's speak about who heard we feel terrible for her uh, you know suffering the shoulder injury he's going to be out until the fall practice I don't I guess we don't know the exact timeline but it's is he going to come back and kind of play in the summer at all really it's just kind of he won't be back to the day fall to day. and the yeah. thing that's the, 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 the thing that sucks is he got hurt kind of I mean it's better that he gets hurt now than right before the season starts yeah. but it just stinks because it's like if it could you have if it could have happened right after the spring game, he could have shown off and yeah. and uh, shown how he's grown over this past you know six or All seven season. months. Yeah. So, but Strong did mention that the court at the quarterback position has taken the biggest leap out of any position, which well, sure. obviously had the biggest farthest to go, right? Farthest yeah. to go, and also Bouchelle, you know, like yeah, just he's he li- he obviously likes what he sees, and he mentioned because you know, he got this question right away. Are you going to feel weird about starting a true freshman against Notre Dame? And he said, "No, I have confidence in him." Mm-hmm. So, I think I don't know. It's all signs are Coach, pointing total, toward that. Total hypothetical question, but if you had a freshman, <laughs> now he doesn't have a kicker, and he mentioned yes. that again. They asked, he said, "Do you have a number one kicker?" And he says, "No." And he again reiterated, "Can someone find me one?" Because he does yeah. not. Um, and that's going to it continues to be one of those things where, and this is kind of an easy hot take to to tweet out where you're like. Texas, one of the major programs, can't find a kicker. Like, and it just maybe it seems so easy when you just put it out, you know, in those regards. I don't know. I mean, and we should also say that their punter is very good. Uh, you know, Michael, Michael Dixon, Dixon looked good. He had um, a guy who took some time, as we remember, struggling to learn the game. He averaged a like bit. he averaged about forty-seven yards, had like a sixty-five-yard punt or something. He was at one booming point. him. Yeah. Now, in all fairness, there were some fair catches at the one. Okay, but <laughs> there was one actually. But still, but still, still learning, still learning. He was boom. I mean, he was kicking him high and yeah. far. I mean, and no, and it was and. By the way, it was raining. So, yeah. and if you, know, you want to, so, but he's he's done well. And was to talk about, you know, they had to kind of go through a little bit of unconventional methods to find Michael Dixon. And you know, they didn't have him at Australia. this point last year. Yeah. And so, so right. And then I think this is what the coaches they've talked to about. What did they say about kicker? Like, can we just sort of manufacture a kicker or can we, uh, remember what the, uh, the term they came up with is, but they have to just kind of, someone has to appear like, and so is this speculation to say that, well, they're, they have so much to focus on the offensive and the the lines, the quarterback defense, and then the kicker is just one of your last priorities well, always for a str- team. Strong said, yeah. And I think it is because it's because strong said, this is what we're looking for in a kicker mm-hmm. 35 and in you hit it every single time. That's all he said. He was like, you right. have to hit it from 35 and in every single time. You can't miss an extra point. And you got it. Like if we need you to hit those field goals, you got to hit those field goals. He's mm-hmm. not looking for, they're not recruiting Janikowski, right? Yeah. They're not recruiting somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they'd rather have, like he said, he'd rather have another defensive lineman than some. I think so. And if you could have a kicker. if you could have a guy who plays defensive line and also kicks, you know, 
We need we need Kathy Ireland. Again, Janikowski. We need Kathy yes. Ireland is what we need. A little necessary roughness. Texas State armadillos. Are we are we sure that Shane Bouchel can't kick? Because Colt McCoy had a little of the the drop kick punts and he oh, had a, you know kind of yeah. a little Doug Flutie esque. Shane kind of jack of all trades. Look, if you asked anybody on Twitter if Shane yeah. could do yeah, anything do in the that, world, yeah. they'd say he's 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 the greatest I think uh, if you bull Shane, rider you would... <laughs> yes. in the entire paintball world. Player? Too. No? The best paintball player in the world. We'll we'll get to paintball okay. in a little bit. So anyway, again, Sterling Gilbert called this a glorified practice, which it was, but it was it fun was to glor- see. It was definitely glorified. And it was glorious in <laughs> yes. some ways. Uh, it was fun to watch. Um really got to see some some standouts on offense. Uh John Burt looks like a beast again, mm-hmm. even though he dropped that one. But whatever, first pass of the spring game, it's raining. Yeah, and uh, this is kind of what we were. I mean, all of these guys who are young, r- talented guys, and then we're seeing them grow up and develop very quickly because they're being put in there very fast. And so uh, uh, the secondary DBU is back, as everyone keeps saying. DBU is in the house, I think, with Michael Griffin and uh, a couple of the guys there. But DBU is in the house. Uh, a couple know, interceptions for the for the defensive yeah. backs, and you saw that. <laughs> and these are what I love is is you know um, Patrick Vahe on the line, uh, um, Holton Hill, or some of these guys in the in the secondary. And they're like these guys are these guys are sure NFL guys. Like we're te- we're projecting that already as sophomore. Like they look like NFL players, and some of them do. I mean, they have the build, they have the the athleticism. And uh, now we're seeing those guys kind of know, have that familiarity kind of thrown into the frying, frying pan last year. And these are going to be already as sophomores, kind of the leaders of your defense, because then they're kind of looking to piece in that defensive line. So we've, we've got a lot of, uh, a lot to look forward to. I mean, we're tempering our excitement, but you can tell everyone's like, pretty excited for this it's a it's a pretty exciting offense to watch too because they're they were running that off that up-tempo offense Mm -hmm. just running up to the line and and it it, there were a couple penalties early which which kind of were like i think growing pains yeah uh you know in-game growing pains false starts and holding and people people maybe not set where they're supposed to be but uh this team's gonna run the ball a lot it seems gonna be Mm up-tempo uh it's gonna be fun i think I hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it look it was fun on Saturday, even though it was a practice. I mm-hmm. mean, it was a two hour practice that was only half of as long as it was supposed to be. I mean, yeah, and and you know, you wish you had any other season, you'd probably maybe you'd ease into it with a couple of kind of easy games, and you'd get a, get some get things kind of clicking. Not so. Yeah, we're not going to have that sort of uh, luxury. Uh, you're playing a very good Notre Dame team coming um, into Austin. It's Notre Dame. Notre Dame. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, yeah, and a lot to improve on from last year. I was looking at the statistics in the media guide from last year. Get, I want to see if you can guess this. Oh, we, How, oh, we have a lot to improve on. The greatest single-game yardage performance ever by uh, Ger- Gerard Hurd. We have a lot to improve on. What are you talking about? 620 <laughs> yards against Cal. Uh, <laughs> How many passing touchdowns do you think Texas had last year? Oh, my goodness. Uh, in 12 games. Well, I want to say probably about – I feel like Swoops would have gone like 12 – TDs and 12 INTs, something like that. And what do you think Hurd was? Oh, I forgot about Hurd. Hurd probably was like maybe 10 and 4. No. Nine total passing TDs between the two of them. Oh, my goodness. Right. So, yeah. so, so <laughs> I think it's that. easy to be like, well, what would a normal football team be like? No. <laughs> but but Swoops had 12 rushing touchdowns. That's what it was. So, he, so that's why you, you, were, you, were, you okay. were thinking of all the swoops yeah. you heard, but it was... That was that 18-wheeler package, again, which we didn't see uh, during this game, which I think was partially because you don't want to take reps away from the other quarterback, right? Because to do the 18-wheeler, you have to pull the other quarterback off. Yeah, and you think of what is the one thing or what what is something that this team does well and sort of knows their identity in. Yeah, this is one thing we – the one identity that we learned about this team is the swoops package. And it's one thing we know that's quantifiable already. It was cool to see uh, Deonta Foreman take one in from four yards out, rather than to see the swoops package again. Just because yeah. you know, yeah, I don't. You don't think of Deonta Foreman as like your goal line. You'd think it'd be Chris Warren because he's <laughs> two hundred and sixty pounds now. Because <laughs> right. he's like LeBron James, basically. <laughs> um, well, maybe not a lot, quite a as lot tall, of, but yeah, a lot but, of impressive specimens on this roster. Yeah. So. And they're not even all here. We haven't, as we mentioned, you know, the, some of the defensive line, a lot of these incoming freshmen are Christmas coming Giles. in late. Christmas Giles. Christmas Giles are coming Fowler. in in June. And, and as we saw last year, a lot of those, a lot of freshmen 
had time on the field. So uh, we're thinking a part, you know, we're not going to say a lot of this team, but there's players coming in in the few months who will find time on this team. And and so. And a lot of guys who were uh, freshmen last year who were just going to automate. I mean, yeah. Chris Boyd, Malik, like guys who were just going to. Uh, Vahe, yeah, who you you have just a more a prominent kind of, role, kind of as a second, as a as a like automatic a starter player. Yeah, you're going to see more Boyd. He kind of was limited in his roles, and he would excel at times, but you would see him make mistakes, and so now you're looking for everybody to make that, yep. that next step. Um, all right, well, let's not talk about this spring game anymore because that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, is there what do we have to look forward to? Really, not not a lot. Well, these student athletes have the end of the semester to okay, look forward to, which Strong mentioned, and he said uh, these guys got some work to catch up on, so mm-hmm. let's get that done now. So they're they're looking forward to that, um, and they'll be training in the summer, and then mm-hmm. practice in the fall, and practice at the end of the summer, and and the first game is uh, we should mention because we haven't done a podcast since since this happened. The first game is moved to Sunday. Um, yeah, Notre Dame game is Sunday. September 4th instead of Saturday, September 3rd. So the second game that's moved uh, for the Longhorns this season, the other one being the Thanksgiving game. Interesting. So they've got a Friday game and a Sunday game. Right. Fr- <laughs> Sunday night lights, baby. We've Sunday afternoon. No, I don't guess it'll be a night game because um, it's still a thousand degrees then oh, in Austin. Um Beyond that. no, There's no like fall scrimmage or anything like that. No. There's nothing else really, huh? No. So, fan day? Fan day? Every day's fan day okay. on the all 40 right, acres. Right. Um, let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> there's Maybe no, when they sell no that foot- old, old merchandise, you can go buy an old jersey yeah. and an old practice yeah. pants and stuff like that. Go buy your major, major Apple White jersey. We'll do a podcast when that day comes. No football show would be complete unless we uh, mentioned our friends to the East. The Aggies. Oh, so let's, let's talk about the Aggies. So I've been, following this, uh, I've been following this account on Twitter... I think it's Longhorn Frenzy or Texas Frenzy or something like that. But it's literally the only thing is uh, retweets from the Tex Ags message board okay. without even really any uh, commentary except for emojis of laughing. Yeah, and I feel at, like I see those and I feel like I can't get enough of Tex Ags screenshots, but I feel like there must there is a tipping point uh, somewhere along those I don't lines. know. I, I, I kind <laughs> of don't have a dog in this fight, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> It's just the sni- like okay every well, and I'm sure this happens because look we're on a Longhorns podcast talking about the Aggies it's the same thing they start talking about something yeah. and immediately within like five posts it, they have to start being like well look at what the Sips are doing which I love the whole Sips thing uh, yeah. I think it's really funny. Texas University oh my God I can't believe he, I can't believe I just said that. no I'm just kidding that's the silliest mistake or quote insult as a um, but I to that point like. It is funny, and these are always funny when you see them, but I think at some point you're just reading text ags for, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it's like the greatest hit. So this one this okay. one from the other night was, um, they were really excited because they won the paintball championship. Okay. Um, and do, then, you, do we know who they defeated? I just I, I just want to know all about this now. All uh, of a sudden. Lamar High School. No, um, I don't know. Probably like but, Alabama or, you know. Uh, SEC. Yes. SEC, baby. <laughs> SEC. Uh, it was on CBS uh, last night at 7. CBS 14. Okay. It wasn't on TV. I'm just kidding. Um, so one thing was like the third streaming. The third post. Yeah. It was on the Ocho. Uh, the, you see a replay on Daily Motion. The third post was, well, at least it's better than Quidditch. So because oh, Texas always wins at Quidditch. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's probably better than Quidditch, but I, whatever. I, I don't Big ups to our Quidditch team who win every year. So, but I, you know, I, I'm going to put them as equal until you could give me a one reason that something is better. <laughs> I know. I know. They're both just not football. Right. So um, something to be excited about. Uh, another. They were, you know, the Aggie fans are freaking out. Uh, this quarterback prospect from. Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. So I think I've remembered his high school, but I can't remember his friggin' name. Um, but anyway, he 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 uh, he like scrubbed his Twitter wall, mm-hmm. you know, his feed of anything mentioning A and M, and he had a pinned tweet that he like took down that said he was committing. I and mean, they've got very touchy in recruiting now with those quarterbacks defecting, and then their five star that they had, you know, committed. A high school guy, he opened his commitment back up. So not only did they have Kyler Murray, Kyle Allen leaving the program, you know, the guy that was coming in also Is this the same the guy air. that we're talking about? No, but it's another guy. Anyway, he um he had mentioned that he's he he just visited Nebraska, I think, or something. Okay. And so he's 
oh, ex- for some reason excited about going to Nebraska. Yeah, but, it's a, um, it's a tough time, but I think they have they're celebrating with that. There was a big financial report. I didn't go deep into that, but did you see it was a, it was in Texas and A and M were the top two, uh, like biggest you know money making kind of things. Uh-huh. Same kind of similar story here every year, but it kind of rekindles that same bait. Oh hey, wouldn't it be great if these two top teams were playing each other? And uh-huh. then. So and then we even had the Texas, I believe it was the A&M athletic director kind of gave a little lip service to this theory saying, hey, we would, we have no problem playing I think Texas. Bo- I, I think both sides are like, hold me back. You know, right, right. like the, the guys in the fight who are, the, who are like, hold me, yeah. who are like, I, got, I ain't got no problem with you. I'm, a, I'm just <laughs> give me, give me, give me a reason, you know, and, yeah. and but neither of them want to jump ahead and, and, and I actually do anything. Well, about no it. one wants to make the first move. Right. Yeah. And also some of these schedules out of conference schedules yeah, are the first are, thing you're going to do is going to be in nine years or right, 10 years. Yeah. Right. You schedule so, a 2024 game or you know, something. Yeah. So we, we have, uh, Texas has home and homes in, in, in the 2020s already. It is so. so easy. And I wonder if that, does that get you goodwill with anybody where you're like, Oh yeah, we'd play you guys. We don't have any problem with it. And then what do you think fans? Yeah. And then apropos of nothing, like, yeah. well, okay, what are you just sort of, so I think it's really just going to take, I don't know the athletic directors and the and the presidents just going okay just play the game okay yeah like, and we can't I mean it's so hard to have you know and you see the SEC they play those late season out of conference games they're one of the few conferences that does it but those are dinkers and dumpers obviously right. and so playing. Texas would have to get rid of like North Te- UNT or right. or UTEP do, or something and so look honestly if the you money know, be, is there if the money is there we yeah, can make but, it happen but don't you want texas to have one at least one tune-up game where they just beat the pants at us off somebody texas a&m also they should play them first no <laughs> okay <laughs> good well, idea yeah fair enough fair enough i think i set you up for that one by accident <laughs> um so the baylor scandal uh continues uh the sexual assault allegations yeah more uh, things coming more- forward sean oakman then arrested uh, a graduated a senior guy he's no longer with the team but a guy who had transferred in from a Penn State after, you know, uh, um, I guess a minor violation, as we could call it there, was he stole a sandwich. That's not the whole story. He basically, like, assaulted a girl as, as after he stole a sandwich as well. Like, she took his meal card, and then he grabbed her arm and then, I guess, took the card back, which I think that counts as an assault. But the, the, what we're getting at is that there was Big 12 now passed a rule uh, – you know, it's not like a ironclad rule, but it's at least something on the books regarding it's a suggestion. Well, yeah, regarding players coming in, transferring in who have had a history of disciplinary problems, and likely so, because of Baylor. Yeah, and then they, <laughs> so they said, and I think there was a um, he the Bullsby or you know one of the guys said a thing. And he was like, you know, I'd be lying if I said that recent events didn't come into this, but recent events didn't come into this, but really they did. So at least there's kind of something there, and it's not. I think that the question was. We don't know if this rule would have stopped Oakman from coming in. Would this would this have stopped Sam Okuachu, who had trouble at Boise State before coming in? Because, and then we get back into this whole thing where Art Barrel says, "Well, we didn't even know he had trouble at Boise State. They just told us he was homesick." And so, even when you try and put this rule on the books, these guys still have this wiggle room about them. And so, it's just a tricky situation, and it makes me think of the rule that's in college basketball now, where those Guys at the head of the program can no longer be just bury their heads in the sand. And we saw Jim Beheim. No get, more willful ignorance. This. Yeah, you can't just say Roy Williams got hit with this. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. That's in the academic program. And, and why would I know about that? Because I'm just dealing with X's and O's. And, and so in college basketball, at least, that excuse doesn't quite fly anymore. And as long as kind of things keep progressing downwardly into the sewer as far as moral standards in college football, we might see something like that. Uh you know, in the in the college football game as well. But like I said, it's just good to see this Big 12 did us. Other conferences have this as well, SEC. And these are all kind of developing in the last few weeks. Um, so it's good to have that in place to kind of at least get a, get a handle on this. And, and this is what Art, I think Art said it about where he's like, do I feel bad giving this guy a second chance? He says, I, no, I feel bad about what happened. And and it's such a it's such a difficult line to walk because you're in college you're you're molding leaders of men future leaders of the world you know you're not running a pro franchise where these guys are not being paid like you're there to teach them to learn from their mistakes and so punishing them is important and not just throwing them out on the streets so I've always kind of said like you have to have a it's a tricky line to walk and this is why it's such a delicate thing and it's such a weird thing and uh. 
it's a difficult thing to deal with. And and will we jump right ahead and will we see Art? I mean, will Art Riles be coaching? Like we could have a whole podcast on Baylor and Art Riles. Like it's it's. I don't. That I don't want to. No. <laughs> I really don't want to, but I know what you're saying. It's uh, there's a lot of nuance. There's and many a lot layers of things going to this. on. Yeah, there's many layers to this and uh, ongoing stuff. And then, yeah, you get into the 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 idea of what is a what is a coach's responsibility? Is it to coach a football team, or is it to be an educator in some way, or is it to be a disciplinarian? And I think it's, it's my all, opinion it, is it's a combo. It's of, all those things, of, and it's hard everything. to balance them all. Yeah, right. It, it's, because it's, because you become look, you're you. Here's the thing. Your job at most schools is tied to the football part, right? It's the mm-hmm. wins and the losses. It's like any it's like being a pro coach. It's it's results, right? It's a results it's a based results yeah. based industry. So um some people slide it slide the percentage of what they care about being a uh, uh, a coach, you know, instead of it being 33 33 33 between educator disciplinarian and yeah. and uh, and as and, long as and coach and it, they slide it to like seventy five and they don't kind of let other stuff and, and, fall and, to the wayside. And this is the long. This is a tradition in college football with you know. And as, as long as the as long as those missteps are not so morally outrageous, when you have free shoes university and you have guys maybe just boys will be boys. But when you're like literally physically assaulting and harming the student body, becomes a different discussion entirely. But we will say this: as long as we won't say that our brows is asleep at the wheel because they did hang up a sign that said real men respect women. They hung it up outside the practice. So problem solved. Probably somebody had to yes. do it. Right. Yes. And, and, and they stepped up and they put a sign up. So that's wonderful. Um, yeah. I mean, Signage. there is a difference between, uh, what was it at Florida state free tattoos? Mm-hmm. No, it was Ohio oh, state. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference. There's a huge difference between disciplinary action based on NCAA sanctions. Like, Get selling your autograph or getting right, right. getting goods for uh, services rendered, including like yeah. playing football games for millions of people to watch and harming other individuals. So you know, absolutely, yeah. And, and we give a we give a pass for these guys who they are maybe they're selling an autograph because they they don't control their likeness, and this has changed very quickly. Where hey, these guys do deserve some money. Like that's not. We're fine with them sometimes getting a little money. I want somehow, a Bouchelle autograph jersey, don't you? Yes. <laughs> After that game, I want a QB number six with no any, you know, just anonymous. I don't even know what number he was. What number was he wearing? Can we should should we cut this out? <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> Maybe because I don't remember. One eighteen. I'll tell you that. I think he was wearing sixteen. Him and Swoops had the same. That's right. It was sixteen. Okay. Um, I should mention I fell asleep during this game. <laughs> why you shouldn't mention that um that's like, i watched it again um okay it was fun you know i can say that because it was only uh two quarters yeah <laughs> because if i had to be there another two hours i would have been like what's going on here do you think anyone's fallen asleep during this podcast although i did want to see kyle Oxley. that's the point yeah. of this this is a sleeping podcast okay. this is a, this is a, a <laughs> meditation podcast and uh everybody go to sleep now thanks for tuning in guys should we do a whisper? The whisper. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Sports Talk with Alan and Chris. No, uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, this episode of the football show uh, probably won't hear from us for a couple more weeks just because there's nothing going on. Yeah, um, when some stuff starts happening. Maybe when final week rolls around, we'll come and we'll, we'll report on how everybody's doing. Yep. Uh, check in with the yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll check in to see how everybody's doing. Great point average roundup. Check in to see how everyone's doing in their kinesiology classes. Um, no, so we will uh, we'll be back soon. Check out the Alcalde website, alcalde.texasx.org. Uh, I have a story about the spring game. Um, there's also other stuff that's not related to football on there that we would love for you to read and share. We've got a hook breakdown video breakdown of the band moving. That's you right. Check that out as that's well. That's right. Check that out. Check out the hook on YouTube. Um, the band has moved. We loved it. It's great. It's a whole breakdown. Here's the band did play on. That'll do it for us. Until next time, I'm Chris O'Connell for Alan Cundy. We bid you adieu. Thanks, guys. The Football Show is a production of the Texas X's, the Alumni Association of the University of Texas at Austin. To learn more and to become a member, head over to TexasX's.org.